Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallum. The coronavirus is an especially difficult time for the blind and visually impaired. You might ask, why is that? According to the Miami Herald, the rules of social distancing are hard to follow when you can't see. So what can be done about this major challenge? Joining us to answer this question are Miami Lighthouse for the Blind Chief Executive Officer, Virginia Jacko, and their spokesman, David Stifel. Stifel. We're all supposed to have... uh, Blind motivational speaker uh, Mike Lance here, uh, but he hasn't shown up yet. But if he does, uh, we will um, we will patch him in. Hello, everyone. Hey, how are you? Hello, Hello Michael. Hello, Hello, Brian. Everyone. Good. I'm doing well. How are you all doing? doing Very well. well. We're in Miami. You're in California. We couldn't be in better places. Oh, very two excellent places indeed. Tell us about yourselves. Well, I'm Virginia Jacko, president and CEO of one of this country's major vision rehabilitation programs, founded more than 90 years ago by Dolly Gamble and Helen Keller. I am totally blind, and it is a privilege to be able to run Miami Lighthouse for the Blind. And I'm David Stiefel. I'm president of Great Communicators Public Public Relations and Marketing. And for the past three-plus years, I've had the pleasure of providing communications and marketing services to Miami Lighthouse for the Blind. That's wonderful. Virginia, we've got these social distancing rules in place during COVID-19. Why do you think they're hard to follow for the blind? Much of it is visual. So if you're at a grocery store and they have marked the floor with certain radiuses for social distancing, the blind person may not see that. Or if they have different aisles, one way this way, one way that way, you may not see those arrows. Or when I was at the beauty salon yesterday with my guide dog, I hooked up my guide dog and normally, I would do sighted guide and grab the beautician's arm. They were trained not to touch. So there I was without a cane. I think that the cane is much more tactile. And the next time I go to the beauty salon, I will definitely have my cane with me. Yeah, bring that cane. I've heard that when people go inside supermarkets, I haven't been to one for a while, but there's tape on the floor marking off six feet. And there's also stickers identifying one-way aisles. People have got to go just one way. They can't go two anymore. None of us can see these markings. How do you all navigate this new maze of markings? Well, normally what I would do is shop during the hours where there are very few people. So many supermarkets here in Miami open up at 7 a.m. And that is for seniors. But I like to say another S word. It's for seniors and it's for social distancing for the blind that can't do social distancing. And that's my little joke, but to go when there are fewer people and you can get some help 
from uh, the people at the store. Customer service is always there to help, but not if they're too busy. I, I, I also kind of found that in the current situation, uh, fellow shoppers are very sympathetic. I, I found more people who were friendly um, since the coronavirus happened and we were all in this together, um, who, who, who are a little more patient than they might otherwise be. So I, I think probably that, that, that affects uh, the, the, the situation um, for, um, you know, for the blind as well as the rest of us who may not see the arrows. So I think people have been very tolerant. There's also pictures of people crowding into Florida beaches, Miami golf courses, marinas and parks that are reopening with new rules. I understand currently the beaches are closed and this show is going to air in June. So the rules may change a bit. What are some of the new rules at these places and how would you navigate them as a blind person? I can talk about golf because when I was 13 and I was sighted, I actually won the City of Racine Women's Golf Tournament. So I now have a grandson that is a golfer and he plays on a high school golf team. The golf courses have opened up, so they have different rules now. Only one person in a golf cart. You are going to go for the green. You're not gonna go for the flag because in many cases on golf courses, the flags have been removed and you try to put your ball near the hole, but they pulled up that little cup because everyone's ball that goes in the hole, you gotta stick your hand in there and dig it out. So they've changed the golf courses uh, for social distancing. Frankly, I haven't been at the beach. Maybe David, you live on Miami Beach, you could comment. Um, I, I haven't been to the beach, but the beach has been, because of uh, just the, the habit of people crowding at the beach, the beaches that have been open, they've been closed, I'm not sure what their status is now, although I'm sure in June when this airs that they'll be open. Um, in regard to the golf courses, I've actually been playing. And um, uh, it is, as you say, Virginia, uh, also, um, even when you go in to, to pay for your round of golf, they've got social distancing and the, the, the courses, even even the, the county public courses now have the plexiglass uh, at the counters. And, um, uh, you know, what's, what's happening is you wear the mask, so you get to the first tee, and then once you're out on the course, you can take the mask out, and uh, they they rely on your group to uh, to socially distance itself. Um, but it's it, it's actually nice to get out. And there's a theory, you know, it was thought that Miami, being very densely populated, would have some huge spikes. That never happened. Now I do know that our governor was very careful at the very beginning regarding people in nursing homes. But the other thing is that the temperatures appear to be to the benefit of us here in Miami. So when there is a great breeze on the golf course and the temperature is 85 degrees, research is starting to say that that makes us in a little better position than unfortunately our colleagues in New York. Now, Virginia, I know in your position as the CEO of the Miami Lighthouse, you enjoy shaking hands with and hugging people because it gives you a feedback about people, like if they have small hands, big hands. 
it tells you where they are, such as where to look when you're talking to them. Because of social distancing, you lose this tactile information. How do you feel about that? And well, what do this you do is to a, compensate for this loss? It is a disadvantage at the lighthouse. I used to jokingly say when I would bump into one of my totally blind instructors, I would say, we can get by with hugging because we're blind. And then that gives us our visual feedback. And um, they would always laugh when I would say that because they were probably 20 years my senior. I mean, my junior, I was 20 years their senior. And they'd probably think, oh, she's being a little risque here. <laughs> we can't do any of that now. And uh, the blind, when you're totally blind like I am, you really miss out on a lot of information. I understand. Riding elevators can also be difficult for the visually impaired. Why is that? Well, I live in a condo where there's 180 units in two elevators. So 180 units with two elevators, it means very likely in normal circumstances, you're going to be riding the elevator with several other residents. Our condo association has mandated only two people on the elevator, so you can try to keep that six feet of separation. However, new elevator doors close very quickly. The old elevators used to be able to put your back up against the door and it would stay open as you let people get on. So what happens is that when I go to the elevator and I've got my guide dog and the door opens, and then I say, Oh, is there anybody on the elevator? And by the time I figure out, oh, there is someone on the elevator, or there isn't someone on the elevator, the door has already shut. And so even elevators can be a problem when you need to do your social distancing. I understand that um, the blind and visually impaired, they're also afraid of this social distancing situation and they're not sure how to deal with it. Why do you both think this might be the case? What do you think, David? I think we're all apprehensive about that, but new, new things and, and new, new challenges. Uh, and, and for the blind, I can see why it would be more so. What do you think, Virginia? Um, as I say, the blind population is extremely tactile. We get so much feedback by touch, and in essence, not only do we no longer have the sense of vision, our eyesight, we also lose the sense of touch. So that leaves us with our taste and in what we hear. So when I mention the elevator, I love it when a resident is on the elevator and they might know me and they say, oh, Virginia, it's okay, it's Ruth, I'm on the elevator alone, I'll hold the door for you. In contrast, a stranger may not even know that I am blind, and they may not say anything. So that is an example where you don't have the auditory feedback, you don't have the touch, and you don't have the eyesight. So this whole new normal, so to speak, to a certain extent, has deprived the blind of another sense that they would be using. Right. And, and social social distancing, you know, it'll differ depending on the level of, of vision loss that, that the individual has. I mean, those with partial vision at least could get some visual cues from 
the shapes that, that they made sense uh, in front of them that, that helped them along. But the totally blind, like Virginia, it, they, they reliant on their caning and their auditory skills um, to maneuver around in the current environment. And while we talk about washing your hands or use a dispenser to clean your hands, I believe the blind probably wash their hands less and use less um, of the dispensers because you don't know where they are. Oh, yeah, we, we don't know where to find them. Some people also are independent and they enjoy walking around their neighborhoods. And even though they're wearing their masks, they find this experience kind of disorienting. Why? You know, I, I find that an interesting question. And just like they sometimes say that people that are blind struggle with sleeping at night versus sleeping during the day, I don't, I haven't noticed that, but I'm extremely busy. Um, walking down the street when you're totally blind, you know, whether you had a scarf around your face because you're up in Wisconsin in a cold winter versus you're in Miami and you have a mask on, I'm not really certain why some people find that disorienting. Well, it, 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 there's also the matter of it, and Virginia, you and I have talked about this, is, is, is that generally under normal, normal circumstances, uh, the blind depend heavily on, on their sense of touch in their hands. And um, uh, while, while gloves are an answer for many of them, not everybody here, for at least certainly in the beginning of the, of the, of the pandemic, had gloves. So they were using their, 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 their forearms and their elbows to, to uh, help them with that sense of touch. Um, so again, there's some disorientation just because you can't do things the way you normally do because you're not supposed to be touching things and touching yourself. That's how the, where the virus comes from. Looking at the Miami Herald in um, the article, and uh, understand that wearing long sleeves, protective gloves, and face masks helps the blind minimize the skin's contact with surfaces, correct? That is correct. And yet just recently, when I said that to an orientation mobility specialist, to my dismay, my surprise, she said, well, Virginia, I think your clients should wear short sleeves because then they can wash their arms more frequently. Again, I think what that sighted person was missing is that for the blind, it's hard to find the dispensers. Sometimes it's hard to find the bathroom. My preference, therefore, is to have long sleeves, whereas it appears some people's preference is short sleeves so they can more frequently wash their arms. What about public transportation? I understand some of the public transportation will be beefing up again. What do you recommend people do when they go on the bus? What should they do? Just like my advice for grocery shopping, go early. I recommend that if it is possible, when you're using public transportation, you try to get on one of those first routes of the day and leave when again, it's not very busy, which means midday before people get out of work or much after people get out of work 
so that you're minimizing the number of people that you're going to come in contact with. How might all of us speak out and communicate these challenges to our government decision makers for hope and possible accommodations in public areas, in stores, and on public transportation? We've got a lot of work to do because I believe among people of all disabilities, the blind are the most vulnerable for this quote, new normal. Whether we're talking about distance learning and the importance of ADA compliant, accessible distance learning. Unfortunately, too often that is not the case for digital learners. Too often, there is a decision made. I learned in one of the states, a decision is being made because of a shortfall in funding to reduce some of the programs for the blind and hearing impaired, for people with disabilities. This is a time when elected officials need to get more feedback from the blind, from the consumer groups. The consumer groups must be very active, whether it's at the state level or the federal level, so we can protect Everyone, our rights. Hold on a second. Um, hello? Hello, is Mike here? Hello? I think we just got him. Hi, how are you today? Hello, hi, Mike. You're finally oh. here. Yay! We got to go really quickly. But um, okay, I'm just offer I'm, a uh, quick, quick perspective on the social distancing as a blind person. Really quick. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Number one, um, when you go into a store and let's say, uh, how do you figure out where the lines are? Um, I have trouble wearing a mask. It, it really is awful because of the fact that not only am I blind, but part of hearing and I've lost some sense of direction since I became hard of hearing. And also with the um, fact that with the social distances, like if you go into a store and let's say you want to feel some items and you have gloves on, how are you going to feel them if you're totally blind? And how are you going to read Braille if you're totally blind? And my, my situation is I'm into broadcasting quite a bit. I also do a talk show Tuesday and Wednesday nights called The Blind Side of Living. Wednesdays and Tuesdays, it's called What's on Your Mind. Thursday nights, we have a show dealing with the pandemic, with the virus that I'm on with some people from New England and different areas, and they're totally scared of the whole thing. In fact, I call this the blind man's pandemic because it's, it's awful. Okay. We're at a disadvantage, that's for certain. Yeah, but we'll get through this, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on at the last minute, Mike. Your input's greatly appreciated. Everyone, I think that the experience you've all shared today encourages, encourages us to continue doing social distancing. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on the show. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. 
My sure archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note the link located at the half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows ranging from episode 94 to the present. It's also at acbradio.org slash SOFTB. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Tired of the same old survival reality shows that aren't too real? Ah! Then join me, Brian McCallum, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview real famous and inspirational blind individuals and other specialists about a real wide variety of topics providing you with real steps to achieve your dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and repeats throughout the next seven days on ACB Radio Mainstream. Go to acbradio.org slash mainstream for days and times. You can access the show archive at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. And if you have any feedback about the show, you may contact me at speakout at acbradio.org. Happy listening! Do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Guess what they're up to now? Do tell. Their own show. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. Everyone is welcome. So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness to LGBT education, technology to advocacy. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect and learn while having fun. Pride Connection on On ACB ACB Radio Radio Mainstream. Mainstream. Hi, I'm Donna Brown from Wild Wonderful West Virginia. While the radio waves are terrible in West Virginia, ACB radio can be accessed in many different ways. Join me in listening to the various programming on ACB radio. Thank you. This is Doug Powell, member of the Board of Directors, Chair of the Rehabilitation Issues Task Force, and Team Leader for the Information and Peer Support Team. 
I want to thank you for listening to ACB Radio. ACB Secretary Denise Colley. Good morning. I love listening to ACB Radio. Hello, it's Leslie Spoon from Orlando, Florida. Good morning, ACB Radio. Board member Michael Talley. They love ACB Radio, and I'd strongly encourage you to listen to it. Have a great day.